0: Water. Morning, morning. Uh, My name is Norm Pond. I'm one of the elders here at the church. Um, And uh, we've got some announcement today, but before we start there, uh, the worship that we just went through, I'm not sure if you guys realize how much work actually goes into preparing a service. Maybe you've been part of that. If you haven't, there's a ton of work that goes into preparing the songs, the announcement, the structure, the order of worship, the order of service. And so Jake plans that with his team during the whole week, and it's all structured and set up, much like today. It was right there and outlined, and we had some announcements, and Len and I. And then, almost predictably, like it's happened over the last 19 years, right about two minutes before service, the tornado that is Scott Brooks comes in and just stirs it all up and messes it (laughs) up and turns it all around and pulls Len and I in. You know, we're kind of scattered, but somehow it always seems to work out. Um, but that is one of the things that I'm going to really miss. I've done ministry with Scott uh, on lots of teams and teaching for 19 years, and nobody can blow up structure like Scott Brooks. <laughs> man, am I going to miss that. <laughs> uh, but speaking of that, oh, man. Um, if you weren't here last week, didn't see it online, talk to anybody, hear the message, um, Scott Brooks and his wife Lynn, they were up here. Uh, last week, and they were talking about a call God's put on their lives. And it's actually a call to step away from fresh water. So they spent uh, last week up here, I would highly encourage going and seeing that message again if you haven't. They spent time up here talking about what it looked like to hear that call and what it looked like to process it and respond and say yes to Jesus. And so as a church and as friends, while we are really sad uh to hear that and and the thought of them leaving we are super excited and we're excited for them because we know what happens when you say yes to jesus right when you say yes to jesus incredible things happen so we're really excited to see what happens in their lives moving forward but we're really excited for this church because freshwater the thing is they're saying yes but we're saying yes too We're Mm -hmm. saying, yes, we see God confirming this in their lives. And we're saying, yes, we want to send you from here. And we're saying, yes, God's got a plan for us. So we're really excited about that. But with that, obviously comes a process and next steps for us as a church and what happens. And as a leadership, we just want to share some of that with you and kind of let you know what's in store for the future. But the uh, thing we do want to acknowledge, too, is there's a lot of expectations when you hear of uh, leadership transition. And a lot of us come from different backgrounds. Uh, you know, you may come from a background that had a, a pastor before or a, pr- a minister, a priest, you know, varying backgrounds. And maybe you even experienced some leadership turnover or change. And we want to acknowledge that in a lot of different situations, it it happens sometimes quickly, where that pastor or a minister or a priest is is leaves and there's somebody right in line somebody steps in right away and we just want to set the expectation that that is likely not going to be the case here um, this is probably going to be a longer process uh, with the church and so what is that going to look like well their last day Scott and Jolene's last day is November 14th with the church and between now and then we're not going to start that process As a leadership, as a church, we're not going to start that process. We're not going to start a pastor search. We are going to spend time hearing from God, listening to Scott bring God's word, and enjoying him and Joe Lynn and their family as part of this church. That's what we're going to do until November 14th. And then once it gets here, the rest of the elders and the staff and the leadership here, we will begin the next process. And like I said, it's going to be probably a long process. And I want you to understand the reason is not because we have to structure things or we want to take so much time. It's because when we do this, when we make decisions as a leadership, and I'm looking around, I see elders and former elders here smiling. We don't make decisions until we've heard from God. We don't make them on our calendar, on our timeline. We wait to hear from God. And so what we're going to do is we're going to spend a lot of time in prayer And we're going to spend a lot of time listening. And when we hear from God and feel the Holy Spirit move, then we'll make some decisions. So that's what it's going to look like uh, moving forward. But with that, one of our values, our core values as a church is transparency. And I want you to know that we're going to continue that as well, which means we are going to you're going to see the elders up here a lot. You're going to hear from the elders and staff. We're going to keep a cadence with you so that you understand what we're going through in that process. So you will hear from us. Um, And with that, actually, you're going to hear in a couple weeks, we're going to have some of the elders up here because we've got some uh, strategy decisions that we've been working through this past year, and uh, we're about ready to roll out and announce. So you're going to see them up there as part of that transparency and hear from us. But uh, that's where we're at. Not a lot of details yet, but just wanted to set expectations for what you guys can see coming up here and and to to not rush things and really sit down and enjoy uh, being a church family up through the uh, 14th there. Lastly, if you have questions, because, uh, you know, people are going to have questions, concerns, wondering what's going on. Feel free to reach out to the elders or the staff. If you don't know who the elders are, come up here, find me, find Scott, one of the staff, and we'll point you towards him. We would love to talk with you, help you process through it, and, uh, and we're, we're excited for what God has in store. And uh, with that, I will turn it over to uh, Scott, and I'd ask you to open your hearts and uh, let the Holy Spirit uh, bring the word. Thanks, Norm. Appreciate that.
1: Um, yeah. Well, let's just open the word. I invite you to turn to John. John thirteen uh, through sixteen, actually into seventeen. Uh, that's where we are. Um, the irony is not lost on me uh, where we are in John and and the timing of all this uh, <laughs> and all the announcements and, and what we're going through right now, because uh, the. Jesus is in his final moments with his disciples. It's the last words of Jesus right before he's crucified. And uh, the irony is not lost that these are the last words here over these last weeks. And um, Jesus has really good words, way better words than mine. So we'll stick to his and, uh, and let his words just kind of uh, transform us, impact us, do what his word... Uh, can only do so. John 13, we, we spoke about two weeks ago. Jesus said, If you love me, you will obey my commands. If anyone obeys my commands, I know that he loves me. He says this over and over again in John 13 and John 14 and in john 15 and as we're going through these next weeks here we're taking the themes out of these chapters rather than preaching verse by verse because it there's just the it's a thematic time and these themes keep coming back up and up and so it just felt like let's just dig into the themes that's kind of how god was kind of leading me through this and so the next theme here starts in verse 34 you're going to need your your bible whether it's on your app or in your hands here with uh, a print um and we're just going to kind of read through this. John 13, 34 says this. Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. A new commandment I'm giving to you right now, love one another. You know, it's interesting. Jesus, uh, he says this is a new commandment, but if you read that, And you kind of know the Bible. Does that feel new to you? I've always wrestled with that. Like, how is that a new commandment? I mean, if you go over and you read Matthew 22, this lawyer comes and he's going to try to trip up Jesus. And he says, okay, Jesus, you tell me the greatest commandment. And Jesus says, I'll give you one better. I'll tell you the first and the second, right? And so Jesus says, the first is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and strength. The second, I'll give you even the second, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, and all the law and all the prophets hang on these two commands. Everything comes from these two commands. So he's saying, hey, guys, y- you want to know the greatest commandment, so love God and then love your neighbor. And then Jesus, on the, the last moment, says, I'm going to give you a new command. Love one another. That doesn't feel new. And if you go back and you read what Jesus is quoting, he's quoting something ancient, right? He's quoting something that was written probably 1,300, 1,400 years before him. God gave this to Moses as he was setting up Israel. And God came in Deuteronomy 6. This is where you get the first commandment, which is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is found in Leviticus chapter 19. This is where Jesus gets that. And Leviticus 19 says this. It says, um, "You, well, i got to find it now. I'm, I'm down here. Um, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. See what I mean? Like Jesus says this is new, but it feels ancient. And it seems ancient. And so the real question is, well, Jesus doesn't lie, so we got that, and Jesus is saying this is new, so how is this new? As, as I've been reading and studying and, and uh, kind of just figuring this out, it seems like there's two different ideas here of what's new, and some pick only one and some pick only the other, And I'm just a fan. I like both of them. I think they both work. So what is new about this? Well, what's new is this, in one aspect, it says, a new commandment I give to you, that you would love one another just as I have loved you. So what's brand spanking new in this moment is Jesus and them, and him saying, I have a type of love or a quality of love or a brand of love that you don't know about, you have never had, and I'm going to show you this thing and I'm going to give this thing to you, this kind of love, this type of love. And if you read over in John 15, he brings up this whole idea of love again, and he says in verse 12 of chapter 15, he says, this is my commandment that you love one another, as I have loved you. you hear hearing the theme? Greater love is no one than this than someone lay down his life for his friends. Now you're for my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends for all that I've heard from my father I've made known to you. You didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit and fruit that should last. So whatever you ask in my Father's name, he may give to you. These things I command you so that what? You may love or you will love one another. It's a thing. It's a theme. This command, this new command, love one another. And he says, as I have loved you, as I have loved you. And he even explains what he means by that. No one or greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is laying the foundation of his church, and it's not a building. It's a people. So you're the church. You didn't come to church. You came to a gathering of the church. This building can come and go, and the church will still thrive. You don't need buildings. You're the church. I'm the church. And he's saying, I've given you, or I will be giving you, a kind of love, my kind of love. And so this new kind of love is this. It's the way Jesus loves. And he, he hints at it with this idea of laying down his life. And so Jesus' love, just a quick overview. I mean, we just sang this song about it, right? He loves us, right, and and this whole thing. But Jesus' love is this one where his love led him to come from heaven to save us. His love led him to restrict the expression of himself as a son of God. Even when people were challenging him, even when people were insulting him, he didn't just say, oh, that's it, and just, you know, take off the clothes, civilian clothes, and there's his glory, right? I mean, he just restricted the expression of who he was. His love led him to come and to seek and save those who saw him as an enemy. I mean, his love led him to humiliate himself. He became a person, but not only that, he served people. We listened to Joss's message a few weeks ago about how Jesus is washing people's, the, the disciples' feet. Like, this is God serving others a love that led him to be arrested, put on trial, stay silent, take unjust beatings, ultimately be unjustly crucified. He did this for you. He did this for me. He loved you. He loved me. He laid down his life for us. And when I think about about an account and how much was in my account of darkness and rebellion and sin and shame, I know what I deserved. And Christ took it all. He took the wrath of God the Father. And so he reaches into this moment, even today, not only with them, but even this moment right now, and he says, I want you to love others as I have loved you. And we love to sing songs about how God has loved us. But who wants to write a song about how we should love those with Christ's love? Start something like I've got this person that's really annoying. I really don't like them, but I laid my life down for them. I got this person I try to avoid all night long, I dream of trying to escape their presence. Right? Anybody got a song they've written? It almost could be a country song. And then Christ comes along and he says, I've got a kind of love that this world doesn't have. This world's never seen my kind of love. And I want you to love others not with your kind of love, but with my kind of love. So that's one of the things that's new about this. The other piece that's new about this is this idea of one another. A new commandment I give to you, and it could possibly be the one another piece. Just as I loved you, you also to love one another. He says this twice in chapter 13 and then he says it again verse 35 by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another and you see there the context and then jump over to chapter 15 my commandment is you would you love one another and then he ends again in verse 17 i command that you would love one another and you see the context of this one another is not limited to but there's something inescapable about the fact that this is in the church this is between brothers and sisters in christ that our love, this, this is a new thing he's doing. He's creating his church, his group of people who have faith in him. They call it the new covenant, right? This new covenant established in his blood that anybody who would believe in him and confess it with their mouth shall be saved. And is, in his essence said, give me the pen, I'm in, I'm signing this covenant. And he's saying, I want anyone who's part of this new covenant who said, sign me up, you will love one another. And your love will be my love, and the whole world will see it and marvel and go, Where, where did that kind of love come from? So it's not only a Jesus kind of love that's new, it's 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 also the new covenant that just started there through Christ's blood. For anyone who has faith in him, even you and I, love one another. The new commandment is not this um, demand others, right, to love you. That's not the new commandment when I think in the body of Christ. So if you came to this church as a Christian, expecting that others would love you like Christ loved you, you're right to expect that, but you're wrong to demand it. It's okay to expect it. It's wrong to demand it. But if you came to this church as a Christian, expecting that you would love someone just like Christ loved you, You'd be right to expect that because God demands that. Did, did you come this morning expecting, I'm going to love someone? Did you go through this week thinking, it's about the body of Christ, God expects me to love the people that are part of my church like he loved me? not only expects it of me, I expect that, but he demands that. I wonder often how much we come in expecting everybody else and and not just expecting, demanding it. I I think, you know, there's this moment, John has this revelation from God and, and there's this moment where God says, I just want to throw up. You make me want to throw up. You make me want to barf. And he's talking to a church that had lost their first love. They were neither hot nor cold. Isn't that interesting? You just want to make me throw up. A church that was waiting for somebody else to initiate love. Christians waiting for someone else to initiate the love of Christ towards them within the church. And God's like, what? No. That's not how this works. See, how this works is you initiate. You go. You love with Christ's love. Can you imagine a church where people are overwhelmed by God's love for them, right? You think about what Christ has done. Like I love the poetry by Crowder in that song we sang of, about God's love. And love, His love is like a hurricane, right? And I am the tree, and and that's such a visual, right? It's such a visual because we've seen hurricanes and what they do to trees, and these trees just they they're bending almost all the way under under the force of this wind. And I love to think that God's love is like that for you, and He's like that for me. And when His love hits us in those moments, we're literally blown over by the sheer forcefulness of His love, which is a terribly wonderful thing. And He says, Would you love with my love? So you have to encounter God's love and you have to be filled with God's love because we can't create that kind of love. And he says, if you would, if you would come and, and let me fill you with my love and grasp my love and then let me flow through you, blow through you my love, watch out. It's not some lame, sissy kind of love. It is a forceful love. I think it is a mentality shift of, of sitting in a church and being disappointed because people don't love you or love me so well or sitting there overwhelmed by God's love saying, God, who has not encountered your love today? This is a new commandment I give you. A new command. John Piper, I like how he says this. He says, if you're a follower of Christ, a christian you 're a person under authority. you are under authority you 're a person whose life i 'm a person whose life is defined by the will of someone else Jesus. what he wills we want. So man, I, I want to talk to you for a second. Uh, Women, hang on for a second. Guys, we're looking for that adventure. We're, we're looking for the, the mountain to climb, however we define it. We all do it differently. We're looking for something that will just will test our manhood and prove us, in, in some sense, worthy of the manhood mantle, right? Like the man card, like we're, we're a card carrying man, right? Exactly. That's it. We want an adventure, right, that, I mean, we sign up for this. I'm sorry, guys, because in some sense, you didn't sign up for what happened last week, but uh, we signed up for an adventure to follow Christ, and so we're following Christ, and Joe and I are on adventure, and we just forced you guys to go on your own adventure, right? You didn't sign up for what came out last week, but we did, We signed up to follow Christ into manhood. And and there's something about this, men, that that this love of Christ, it's not some kind of wimpy love. It's this love where you could see a widow in the church and say, not on my watch. I'm going to care for her. I see her house. I'm going to fix it. And so you give your best time, even though you've worked 40, 50 hours a week, you go over there and you take care of her because that's the love of God. It's the kind of love where you give your best energy, your best time. You come out, you've worked eight hours, 12 hours in one day, and you come out on a Wednesday night, and you pour yourself into first through sixth graders, and some of them you know don't love Christ, and you're coming and you're bringing your best. And you're saying, I love these kids, and Christ pour out through me so these these kids see a strong, powerful love that says, I'll sacrifice for others. Love like Christ's love. The kind of love that just takes all you have and you're just saying, I can't do it. And Christ is like, I know, let me pour through you. Not, let's just go check out and escape and do just, we just do fun like we're just created to just go escape. Escape. And not give ourselves away. What kind of life is that? You want a real love, you want to like really be tested in your manhood, something that'll kick your rear end, is get in a community group, get in a group of guys, and actually tell them what you struggle with. Actually live life with no secrets. And we got Rob Reamer, he's coming on weekend. That's one of his mottos I will not live life with secrets. That'll grow some hair on your chest. Get in a room with some men. It's not 20, it's not 50 men. Get in a room with two or three guys and tell them what you're struggling with. And then listen to them. And then stick it out through all the shame and stick it throughout through all the condemnation that you feel and, and the uh and the uh and and push through it. And love them and pursue them and hold them accountable. That kind of love you don't see in this world. It's unbelievable love. Authentic. Your king is calling you to a love that will bring you and I to the end of ourselves like no other adventure will. And women, I just want to talk to you for a second. You want to prove your womanhood You want to be seen as this beautiful woman who literally takes people's breath away because of your beauty. Young women, listen to me, you won't, any of you, you won't find it in plastic surgery, you won't find it in fixing your lips, you won't find it in dressing sexy and chasing after men's eyes, you won't find it in the boardroom, you won't find it in all the people that you can lead and influence, you won't find it being an influencer and chasing clicks, you won't find it that way. If you long for beauty, if you long for power that is staggering, that people literally are blowing over, they're blown away, love others like Christ. Make your life about loving others like Christ, the kind of love where you're the one in the room not waiting for somebody else to speak up, but you're the one who's defending the one that's getting criticized. You're the one who's sitting next to the young woman or the girl that everyone loves to pick on, everyone loves to hate. You're the the one who loves without bitterness, without strings attached. Like you become this woman that's a safe harbor for others who come in and, and they just, they don't know why, but they're, they're always just like safe around you and they feel so loved by you and, and you stop and you don't have to talk about yourself. You can talk about them and listen and pull them out and you become this woman of immeasurable beauty. And you just leave this trail behind you awake of love or better yet you get into a group of women again not 80 maybe two maybe three and maybe for the first time you don't have secrets maybe for the first time you let somebody know i'm really struggling His love, men and women, all of us who have signed up for the new covenant, His love will strip us of everything, every right, every demand. And he will replace it with his a forceful love a thing of supernatural nature not seen in this world, more powerful than a hurricane, more powerful than a tornado, more powerful than any politician, any political movement, His love. His love. The world would talk about it. The world will talk about it. Does the world talk about your love? I think the world talks about Freshwater's love. I hear stories. What if the world would talk even more about Freshwater's love? Not the building, but you and I, the church. We're the church. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, release your love on each person here. The love of Christ. Bring his love to each person here. Renew people that feel empty. Renew us, Lord. Lord, for the ones who are cranky this morning, soften them for the ones who are discouraged, fill them up with encouragement, fresh love. Lord, for those of us who have lost the adventure and we're just, we're not, we're not living, for, we're not loving with your love. Lord, would you, would you kick us in the rear? Or would you come alongside, give us what we need? I don't know, Jesus. I just know your love. You want us to be marked by it, and known by it. Amen. Amen. Hey, as, as you go, if you've brought a gift for Jesus who loves you, there's boxes in the back. We have an app. You can get on there and do that as well. It's so good to see you guys this morning love you all. Go with Christ. And if you need prayer, if you want prayer, I invite you to come up. We'd love to pray for you if there's something going on. God bless you.